This is High School Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nitin Jalodanki and Ayush Agarwal. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much a Musical. Today, we are joined with Jan Mark Pican, who specializes in real estate, business, and investing. So, Jan Mark, if you could quickly give us an introduction about yourself, your past experiences, and what you do today, that'd be wonderful. Sure. First of all, thanks for having me. Um, and so my name is Jan-Marc Pikan. I'm born in Germany. I'm currently living in Cyprus. And I worked um, for a big um, electronic manufacturer for over 10 years in various leadership positions. So I, I worked in the US and Canada, um, Germany, of course, France and, and Switzerland. And after that, I left the company a year ago. Now, now it's almost uh, the, the anniversary time. And so in the midst of the pandemic, in order to pursue uh, my own business or our own business as I'm running them together with my wife. Okay, so you mentioned that you were working at Schneider, Schneider Electric. So yeah. can you talk about your work at Schneider Electric and how you work 80 hours a week to make yourself successful. Yeah, sure. Um, so um, in first of all, in the US, Schneider Electric is more known either as APC or Square D. Those are the two dominant brands of Schneider Electric in, in the US market. And um, when, when I started with Schneider Electric, I actually, I started, uh, it started as an internship in a small startup company and big companies, they, they always, they buy smaller startups. So I used to work in the solar industry. So there I started in supply chain and then transitioned to service. And um, it, it was like, first of all, I, I thought my path and is basically to go to, to university, which I, uh, which I went. Um, so I got my, my degree, my diploma, and then I, I started working and I thought like, okay, like how fast can I climb the corporate ladder? Um, that, that was my, that was my goal. And so my wife and I, we, we had an agreement because we, we both studied and we both, uh, so we met before we started studying actually. And then, uh, we said, okay, the most important thing is that, uh, we get ourselves a job and that we get ourselves established. Um, and the job, which can be quite stressful. Um, so it's like we said, okay, we give ourselves three to five years um, to get like to advance the careers as much as we can in that time. And then we're gonna reconvene and make another decision. Um, so actually what, what happened in that time is that um, after, uh, after a year, so I started working in Berlin and after a year, the office got moved to Frankfurt, which is about like 400 kilometers. Um, so I know for you, the US, that's not a lot, but for Germans, that is huge. Um, and then about two years later, I got approached to move to, to France, to Grenoble and uh, take another leadership position there. And then we, we had a discussion and uh, we agreed. Um, that we're going to do the move, even though we just bought an apartment and uh, it meant that my wife needs to leave her job and we didn't know if she's going to find a new one there. And um, then we uh, we moved to Grenoble and there I um, 
it started a little bit slower than uh, the VP who hired me to get there. Um, so vice president, he, he came up and said like, look, I, I want you to lead the global services. And I was like mid twenties and I'm like, yeah, this is like, this is, this is your chance. So of course I, I said yes. And I got a little bit of a raise and everything. Um, but that, that wasn't the exciting part. The exciting part was about being able to work with a, with a global team and to be able to lead a team. And this is everything you basically, like a lot of people, when they join big corporations, this is what they dream of. It's like an international, um, role where I had, um, I had engineers working in Japan and Singapore in Spain and France and Germany in the us and in and in canada and um what you what you have to understand if you take a global role the world never stops and the clock never stops because you go to bed um the you uh, for for us europeans that means the us is still like advancing so issues keep appearing and when the us stops japan wakes up uh, more or less there is an overlap as well so you are on fire 24 seven and you can't really stop because you will have emergency calls um, at, at night, especially if you work in services, if something goes wrong. And um, I, wa I was traveling the world, which I enjoyed and it, it, brought a, it brought a lot of fun. It brought a lot of experiences from dinners in Japan and everything. So everything you, you kind of dream of um, it meant that basically, normally I would leave at Sunday, um, sometimes at Saturday, depending on in which direction I was flying, um, to make it to the country of destination on Sunday. Um, so usually that meant I, I leave on Sunday morning and I would uh, land in uh, Vancouver or San Francisco Sunday afternoon, local time. Um, so pretty heavy jet lag try to stay awake until uh, the evening, then um, fall asleep. And then I would have like one week in the office and I would fly back on Friday afternoon in order to maximize that week, which meant I would be home by Saturday um, night and um, then more or less um, sleep Sunday and try to recover for two weeks and then uh, the show would start again. So um, those things, they, they take the determination. And I, I think when you want to do a corporate career, you have to set yourself apart. And one of the things that sets yourself apart and is the easiest thing to set yourself apart is dedication to your job. Um, and that sometimes that means that you work 50 hours, 60 hours, 80 hours, um, we, we were always joking in, uh, in our office in, in France that when somebody would leave at 5 p.m., we, we would ask them, like, are you taking half a day off? And that just shows you it because calls would usually go until 8 p.m. And then you would uh, go home and maybe uh, have a couple of emails uh, later at night. Um, and you have to imagine that was like 2011. So WhatsApp wasn't there. Um, a lot of things weren't there. I think the first iPhone or the second iPhone came out around that time. So I still had a Blackberry. Um, I don't know if you guys can even remember what that is, but 
Um, so it, it's it, it quite a lot of things changed actually since that. But what did not change is that when you when you want to be successful and when you want to have a career, um, regardless if you want to work for yourself or if you're working for a corporation, is your work ethic, your passion, and your dedication towards your job are the things that can easily set you apart from a lot of people because most people just don't have them. So here in America, a typical workday for most people is about like, it's from a nine to five, nine, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., which is about 40 hours a week. And you obviously, when you were starting your company, worked for 80 hours a week. So like, what would like a, a typical day look for you, look like for you? Like what time would you normally like wake up, go to work? And what time would you like come back and be able to spend time with your family? Well, the, when I, uh, when I was uh, leaving was usually around 6.30, something like that, um, in order to be at the office at seven um, to give the guys in, in Singapore a, a chance to talk to me. Um, and sometimes we would have the first call in the car uh, when I was sitting in the car. Um, in order that they don't have to stay awake um, that long um, and that we can have like call with, calls with, with normal people. As you said, it's like not, nothing is different. In most countries, the, the work day is between eight and five-ish, somewhere there, um, depending on when people start. Some people start later and then they work obviously longer. But um, so I was usually um, one of the first ones in the office, um, switching on all of the lights and then um, seeing people coming in. Um, and it would go on until I, I had a little bit of quiet time until it was around nine. Um, because in France, at that time I was working in France, the, um, they start usually a little bit later. They start at around nine and with a coffee. And so, and then you had meetings uh, with all the Europeans until about 12. Um, if nothing, if there was no emergency, you had a, a lunch break somewhere between uh, 12 and two, depending on when the meetings would end and the next meetings would start. Um, and sometimes there was no time for that. And um, then you would just carry on with, uh, with more meetings and emails um, the East Coast for the U.S. usually came on about um, two to three, somewhere there uh, in the afternoon. Um, and then Vancouver and San Francisco, the, the two main hubs at that point, they came up on at five. So um, because five is, I think, 8 a.m. Uh, was it for that? Um, my boss would usually call me at seven, so I could always hear um, his like his door from his house slam because he would basically start calling me as he walks out um, of his home and all the way to the uh, to his office because that was the overlap we had before he went into his meetings and I went into uh, the third round of mine and then I would usually have meetings until seven eight something like that um, usually seven um, and then I would go, uh, would go home. Uh, my wife and I would have uh, dinner or we'd go out for dinner or something like that. Um, and then maybe watch a little bit of uh, TV. Today, I don't do that anymore. 
Um, and then I would like answer a couple of emails or text messages. Again, I, I'm thankful that at that time we didn't have WhatsApp because probably that would just have blown up my phone. Um, and um, then I would go to bed somewhere around 11, 12, um, having a last glance at the, uh, at the text messages just to see if there's something urgent I need to take care of. And then you start in the morning, you start all over. And that was about uh, five days a week. Uh, so if I wasn't traveling, if you, if you travel the day, obviously look very different. So would the weekends be like you're relaxing like two days or would you still like sort of work on those days as well? Well, I, it, it depends. Usually the, the, uh, the weekends I, I try not to work. Um, so if there was no emergency, I wouldn't work. Um, what you have to understand is, so I was working in customer service and um, if there was like a fire um, or a major problem on the customer side, um, the call would end up, if they couldn't resolve it, it would end up with me. And then we would try to, to determine what to do. And that sometimes would be on a, on a Saturday. Um, I had calls on Sundays. Um, that happened, but it wasn't regular. Um, so on the weekend, I, I would try to like forget about it. Uh, so it looks way different today than when I was employed. Um, so I would try to forget about all of the all of the stress at work. If I needed to prepare some stuff for Monday morning, then I would maybe do that on a Sunday. But usually uh, Saturday and Sunday, um, I was just uh, we were relaxing. We were going into the mountains in the winter we were going skiing and stuff like that so um, it was more a recreational time than actually work if I wasn't traveling yeah that's great to hear that you were also taking like time to recharge out of your busy work schedule because uh, you also mentioned that you came to San Francisco which is like an hour's drive from where all of us are located um, and similar to you know other big cities across the united states like new york city uh, los angeles san francisco is kind of known as you know like one of those beacons of freedom around the world uh could you talk about you know obviously you came to san francisco for business reasons but at the same time you probably got some time to still uh do some tourist activities so could you talk about your experiences in san francisco for those six months yeah, sure. Um, so um, we, we came actually I came with San Francisco to San Francisco with my uh, with my wife at that time. She was my girlfriend um, and that was back in 2007, um, I believe, when we were there uh, for six months, because uh, the, the reason is uh, our English was very bad at that time um, because the German school system, it teaches you English, but it's just enough to get around, um, make a basic conversation, but nothing like we're having here. And um, so she said she wants to learn English. Um, and I was actually, I was very close to getting an internship uh, with Porsche. So which every engineer wants to work for Porsche in Germany or BMW or Mercedes-Benz or like one of the big ones. And so at the end, I said like, okay, fine. Um, who knows for what it is? So let, let's go and, and learn English. And I said, if, if we're going to learn English, I don't want to go to the UK um, because the UK is still European. And then I want to like 
go to the US or Canada and see something different, like different culture, different work environment, and just do that. And so, so we agreed on that, and then we uh, we got there, uh, which was uh, which is quite a story in its own. Um, and so we spent there uh, six months in San Francisco. We lived uh, very close to where the 101 ends, and so. Um, I, I actually, I worked in Livermore, which is about an hour drive, or at that time it was an hour drive. I don't know how the traffic is right now. Um, so San Francisco is really like my second home. Um, and I, I will always remember like every, every time when I'm there, um, it does feel like home. Um, and because I'm, I'm just like having this, this feeling of of independence is when you when you leave your parents home and you are so far away there's nothing they can do um to to help you well they can they can send you money obviously and today technology is a little bit different um but at that time skype was the only thing um that would make an affordable uh, conversation and the only coffee shops with a wi-fi uh, were starbucks um and that was like well, it was Wi-Fi, but there's a difference between Wi-Fi and being able to do a video call. Um, so um, those things, they, um, they, really, they, they really helped gain that, uh, gain that in, um, independence. And like, especially San Francisco, I mean, we saw the air show with the Blue Angels, which I will never forget flying around Twin Peaks. Um, so I, I have a lot of memories. And on our way back, we actually did a stopover in, um, in New York. Um, at that time, it was October. So coming from California, uh, still wearing shorts. And like a week ago, we were on, on the beach, not swimming, but just having a fun time on the beach. And then you go to New York City. And the first thing I needed to do was uh, buying um, a winter jacket um, <laughs> because I, wa I was freezing. Uh, there and we went like it, it was a great time and still like those cities they like I don't like New York so much because for me it's too crowded I love San Francisco much more um, but they are especially um, for Europeans those are the two cities like and LA a bit um, everyone wants to go to LA until they have been there um, and they just are the symbols for uh, for freedom, and everybody knows their landmarks. Um, but when you go there on a, when I went to San Francisco on the later business trips, I did had some time, of course, um, to to spend. But when you what you have to understand is when when you go on business trips, everybody thinks like, oh yeah, you have been to Thailand, you have been to. Um, to the Philippines, to Japan, but you don't see much. You fly in, you see an airport, and after you have seen airports, they all look the same. They all have the same shops from, from New Delhi in India, Bangalore, whatever. They all have the same kind of brands, the same stuff is there, um, kind of the same food. And if you are on a business trip, usually you work even more than when you, uh, when you are at home because you have meetings, more meetings, you uh, try to maximize the time. So um, usually on a business trip to San Francisco, I would spend that time uh, with my team that was there. 
and with the engineers. So we would go out for dinner, which sounds like fun, but you talk you, the most of the stuff you talk about is work. And um, then you go to a hotel room. And sometimes you just turn on the TV to get something uh, something different. But um, so on on business trips um, at that time, the only cool thing was that we uh, we were asked to have like one Saturday night between the flights because it would make intercontinental flights cheaper, which meant that the company would pay for Saturday or Sunday um for the hotel because it was cheaper than the flight and so you got to enjoy a day of sightseeing which when whenever i was in in livermore or in san francisco i would usually um go to the to the beach and just just enjoy some quiet time or drive around uh depending on the on the car i got if i got an upgrade yes if i didn't get an upgrade it didn't make so much fun to drive around um, but I would always enjoy those uh, those days and get a little bit of, uh, especially in California, a little bit of the sunshine. I love that. That's the reason why I live today in Cyprus. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of High School Not So Much a Musical. Make sure to tune in to part two of our conversation with Jan Mark, where we will talk about his move from an electrical company all the way to flipping houses. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. That's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much A Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.